Welcome to the Psychology of Learning Foreign Languages, the podcast that shows you how to apply psychology and quality management to boost your language skills. Good morning and welcome to episode 18 of the Psychology of Foreign Language Learning. My name is Gerhard Ormand. And today will be the last episode in 2018. We started with the podcast some months ago and I'm very grateful for all you listeners out there. We have listenership all around the world. And look, I'm looking forward to connect with you in, in the midst of January. Today we are going to, going to talk about the dangers of using language skill levels. As in your opinion, you may be familiar with the ABC levels and in the US and in other countries there are different levels of classification. And um, typically all language courses are centered around those levels. So. There are A11 courses, A12, A21, and so on. And then we have all those uh, official language tests, which also um, try to use all this terminology. Now, what is wrong? What should be wrong with this? Um, of course, there's some practicality in it. If you're, for example, are recruiting for large bureaucracies, for example, you are um, administrating um, uh, university scholarships, um, or you have a, a large company and lots of uh, job candidates, then it, it makes perfect sense to have some kind of formal criteria for pre-selection. And what better than language skills, which are so essential in, in doing the job or studying. Now, apart from that practicality, of course, if a student wants to know roughly around uh, at what level he or she is, or if um, you have some basic knowledge you want to know at, one, at which level you should uh, um, repeat a course and, and also people are often asked to just indicate in their CV or some kind of report card what their skills levels are so yes there's some practicality and we of course from a, an individual individual's perspective we want to compare ourselves to others we want to say okay I'm 
I'm only at B1 and uh, my cousin is at B2 or what. Now, it's of course true that people differ according to their language skills and uh, it would be absurd to deny this and so on. So I'm not here in the tradition of school teachers who are uh, proposing abolishing of all grades or abolishing all feedback to, um, to not harm the, the students. But I think there's, from the practical perspective and experience with lots of students, there's, there are a lot of dangers. And let me tell you some situations to illustrate this. Yeah. Um, you, you need to remember first that foreign language is not something that once acquired uh, sticks to you for, for your whole life. Yeah. Yes, some of it may stick to you, but you know, the, the actual performance level depends on a variety of factors and practice being one of the most important. So you know probably if you know how to ride a bicycle that even if you don't ride for some years it won't be difficult to to relearn it in a few seconds the same goes for driving a car if you don't have a lot of practice so so the basics you you will never forget so there are a lot of skills you once learned you it's quite difficult to forget them at all completely no then there are a lot of other skills like sports or music they depend heavily on sustaining practice of course you won't forget everything in soccer or basketball basketball but if you are two or three years out of playing training you will hardly make any professional game so Foreign language is more like this. So now let, let's go to the concrete situations. So one of the risks is this students will become some, somewhat arrogant and they think they have already passed through all the material of the lower levels. So what typically happens? So this as students progress through A1, A2, B1, B2 and the sub-levels, some students actually become worse. So there's actually a situation in which some students at, let's say, B11 are better than students at B22. So why does this happen? So if you think about your native language, you will notice that so if you make a statistics, statistics about how you s speak, what kind of grammar categories you use, you will see that in a normal conversation, also in even emailing and so on, you use, let's say, 80% of the time, 90% of the time, mostly basic grammar, basic sentence constructions. So, 
if you know the basic stuff perfectly right, and you are, your conversation, your language is 80-90% right. Yeah. Grammarly. So, very advanced grammatical constructions you use only quite rarely. Now, some students may be encouraged, encouraged by their textbooks and professor. They think that if they are at the B2 level or C1 level, they should practice on all those advanced uh, grammar, grammar construction. Now, what often happens is that they consequently neglect all those basic constructions. So they say, oh, I passed already all those present tense and so on. Now let's focus on very future and the past or future perfect tense or what, what uh, will you. And what happens is they, they, they become good at those special, special topics, but they, their performance deteriorates in, in the elementary grammar category. So if you count mistakes through some kind of tracking system, well, they the performance actually declines in the, in the basics and the performance improves in the more specific, more difficult grammar topics. But because in real life we use less those specific topics, the overall performance declines and make more mistakes. Then also students in higher categories think they don't need to do the basic stuff in sense of routines. For example, I for my students a basic routine have a basic routine, a daily routine of writing five sentences, learning five new words and revising one grammar topic and so on. And to do this for the rest of your life every day. Now, at the beginning, students stick to this routine and there's visible results in it. Now, the advanced students already think that, no, we don't need to do this. Uh, we just read uh, classical novels, watch movies, and so on. And then here we have this slight edge effect or compound effect in the negative direction. So they don't, don't do this one day, a second day, a third day. And then more, after some months, they're completely out of shape in writing. Now, another uh, situation is I have students who already knew some kind of German and they come to, to refresh their skills. And very often they are very upset because the initial test assesses them at a much lower level than they thought they are. And so they have already uh, past German courses at the B1 level, but the initial tests shows them at uh, A12 or A21. Huh? Or they could just come to my lessons huh? and uh, they see that they are not fit for, for the level they think they are. Huh? Now, because people typically do not see language like a sports or something like this, well, it would be not a shame to go back to a, a lower level of, of uh, training. Yes. They, they don't 
don't do the, the intelligent thing is to say, okay, I step once, I take one step back and uh, get myself and in, back into shape. So then they are frustrated, they, they don't attend the course at all. No, or they try to find some course which is officially at B1. No, but now the the other problem is that a lot of people can actually pass all those courses, but not be able at all to speak. And I had this uh, situation as the uh, managing director of the German Business Association in, in, in this country. We often get um, requests for recruiting. So there was one German, almost a leading company in, in, in call centers. So they do the call center jobs for big motor companies. And so. so it's quite a serious company that pays also, I guess, handsomely. They wanted to open a branch in, in our country and needed a lot of German speakers. No? So I went to the universities and asked them to send me CVs of their best uh, graduates. So almost all were students of, uh, that had five, already five years of German. They had um, the necessary certificates of C1 level, so it's very advanced level. And they select for me their best students. So I got a call by the German company and they told me that unfortunately roughly 50% of all the submitted candidates couldn't sustain an easy small talk situation on Skype. So what would happen, the German company called them up, you know, established a date on Skype, then but the, the basic problem was for them, they, they couldn't even understand the, the questions. So let alone answer fluently. So being at, the, at those different levels may misle mislead you that you have knowledge that you actually don't have. And it may, may make you lazy because why should you learn basic stuff at C1 level? Why should you practice, continue practice? So, and it makes you forget that language is specifically relate, related to certain actions, certain situations. So being at a C1 level doesn't mean that you are an effective speaker in a concrete situation. So what is the alternative? Now, of course, if you go to attend courses and so on, you need this rough orientation, but you always should have in mind your specific goals of language learning. For example, through a language plan, which I talked about in previous episodes on my blog. So the clearer you have a picture where where you need your language, so the, the more focused you can prepare for that. Because if you know that you want to be in a certain job position, if you want to do certain things with your language, and you practice already from day one. I've seen a lot, many students who got scholarships or jobs, even if they were much below the required language certificate level. For example, recent, I have, um, I have a student at an A2 level being accepted after a 
after an interview for, for an internship as a lawyer in Germany. So uh, you can imagine that if you're working as a lawyer, you should be quite effective in, in using uh, the language. So you cannot operate as a, as a lawyer without knowing the language. So it's, it's a, if it were a manual job, if it were even working in a hospital, uh, Yes, there are a lot of practical skills you should to know, need to know, but working as a lawyer or even doing an internship as a lawyer relies almost entirely on language. So, so he was uh, he passed this uh, this interview, yeah. whereas probably at an official level uh, they would have expected B B two levels or C one levels for such a position. So. But why did this happen? Probably because the respective student already at the lower level started to read uh, literature on law, and focusing on learning words in that area. So, so he was very effective in this job interview situation, or in this scholarship interview. Okay, so <clears throat> I hope this was helpful, a bit shocking some of you out of... Uh, um, complacency and uh, please tell me your comments and uh, send me also wishes for uh, topics for the next year i may change the format a bit i'm considering doing interviews with other teachers and uh, scholars this depends more on the technical side that uh, i want to improve the sound sound quality and I want to ensure that the sound quality on both ends of the Skype conversation is okay. So, thank you very much once again for listening to our podcast. I wish you all the best for the upcoming Christmas season and um, a Happy New Year. Bye-bye.